Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Hey, hey, Creative Empire, it's Rain and Christina here, and today we have another mentoring session for you. So today we are talking to Omishan Ogolo-Williams, and she is with Adeswa Events, a New Orleans-based wedding consulting business, and she's not a wedding planner, so this is going to be a super fun conversation. Omishan is actually a pharmacist by trade and a wife and a lover of all things organized, and you're going to find out about her love of numbers as well. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation, and we're going to be talking about how to stay motivated when you're not seeing a lot of traction. Omishan, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell us what's going on for you in your business, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing that's not wedding planning. So Adesso Events, it's not a traditional wedding planning service. It's it's more of a wedding consulting or coaching service where I want to work with brides who are planning their own weddings and want to do it successfully with a focus more on the marriage than just the wedding, the wedding itself. So it's it's planning, but not in the traditional sense. And um, because it's something that's a little different than what most people think of when they think of a planner, it doesn't get as much traction as I would like for it to get. And so that's what I'm on the call today for, to get you guys advice on the best ways that I could maybe get myself out there so that people kind of know exactly what I do and how I do it. Maybe I'm not branding myself properly. So just all the things, if you will. What are you doing right now? as far as getting out there, would be like the main channel that people have found you on right now? My main channel is Instagram right now. My website is up, of course, as well, but my, my probably my main thing would be Instagram. And I haven't gotten any clients just yet, so I'm kind of calling this idea more of an established business idea until I get a quote-unquote client. Instagram is probably where I spend most of my energy and a little bit on Pinterest, but not too much. Okay. So without clients yet, where you said that might be the the place where you're getting like the most engagement or like the most interest. What are you seeing on Instagram? On Instagram, I'm seeing the most engagement there. And it's not really from couples. It seems like it's more from wedding vendors than it is from actual brides, from what I can actually see from my analytics. But I'm not sure how to get into the faces of brides outside of, you know, people that I know, which I'm kind of outside of that early 20s married, friends getting married range. So I don't really have that as a as a component to really look into. But as far as online, that's pretty much the only thing I'm doing. Okay, so you're not like on Wedding Wire or The Knot or anything like that? I have not done that just yet, simply because of the investment that it, it requires. And I may end up having to do that if I want to see that traction. I was just wanting to maybe get one or two clients before doing that to keep from going further into my, you know, into my household funds in order to advertise for the business. So the people that are contacting you on Instagram, have you reached out and asked them like after maybe starting a conversation with them, if they're in the middle of planning their wedding or if they're looking for help? And see, and that's the thing, not many people are, I don't have anybody that's really reaching out to me on Instagram. It's mostly just, uh, like I said, wedding vendors and other professionals in the industry that 
either comment on something that I've posted or or something like that. And whenever I do a search and, and comment on, you know, I maybe see somebody that posts something about planning their own wedding or are struggling through something, I'll reach out to them and I'll talk to them, but it doesn't really translate because I don't think people, people see Adesso events or they may read my bio or something and think that I'm just a planner. And like I said, because it's something that's so different and new, it's hard for people to really understand exactly what it is I'm trying to do. How do you think you can communicate? Like, what is it that makes you so different from the normal wedding planner? Okay. So A normal wedding planner would typically go to your wedding vendor meetings with you, help you make decisions. They maybe coordinate your event the day of. They do things throughout the entire engagement period. What I do is I would work with you in the very beginning and then do checkups with you throughout. So I will provide, uh, go over with you a very detailed budget. Like Raina said, I'm a a numbers-driven person, so I like having things in order as far as your numbers are concerned. Also then going through a detailed checklist, pretty much giving you the details that you would need to do to plan this yourself without having a person there with you. Because I know for a lot of brides who either have the desire to plan their own weddings, they don't really know where to start and they don't really know how to do it. So I'm there just to give you the initial jump start on how to do it, what to do. And you have somebody there to coach you through it versus you having someone there the entire way that's doing everything for you. Yeah, I love that where your head's at right now. You know a little bit about this potential client and what she, he, they are experiencing. Can you tell us a little bit more about who might need your service versus somebody who might want to hire just a day of or just like a full planner? Okay, so what my ideal client, like I said, is someone who wants to plan their own wedding for one or two reasons. Either they cannot afford a full service planner, which in today's market is, you know, several thousand dollars. Five thousand is probably the minimum. If you find somebody at five thousand, that's pretty good. But for that reason, either being the cost or you just want the experience yourself. How this all started is a friend of mine. I helped her with her wedding in the way that I am wanting to help others. To me, when you plan your wedding, you're using so many tools that will propel you through your marriage. You're creating a budget. You're communicating with your spouse. You're making decisions and your time management. So all of those things can propel you in your actual marriage. So my focus is to actually help you plan your wedding, but also use those tools that you've honed in on because you didn't have someone doing everything for you. You've done it yourself. You just pretty much just got a teacher to teach you how to do it. Now you can use that towards things that are going to come up in your marriage as well. Do you have to work with only people in New Orleans? No, I don't. I don't. I can work with anyone anywhere. The only thing I would not be able to do if you're not in, in the New Orleans area is maybe vendor recommendations. That would be the only thing, because if I don't, you know, I don't know vendors in that area, I can give you advice on how to you know, make your own choices with your vendors, but I wouldn't be able to recommend anybody if you're wasn't in, in the New Orleans area. I think having a location is generally good, especially when you're wedding planner in the traditional sense. And you have like a Google listing where it helps with your SEO to create a Google business page. I mean, that could certainly help you as well. I'm an online business and I have a Google listing page, but one of the things that I'm that's kind of would be scaring me off if I was a potential bride is the New Orleans feature, because I think that you're only for New Orleans brides when I see that. So 
at this point where you're trying to just find a little tiny bit of traction, it might be worth it to minimize that where you can. But I think that's such a minor point. What I'm really seeing though on your website are really, really good graphics and calls to action that I'm like super thrilled because I never see this. Like, this is awesome. Your your blog, if you guys want to go check it out, it's A-D-E-S-U-W-A events. So Adesawa events, if you go and you look at her blog, you have the most amazing blog posts, calls to action and resources, and then there's no follow through. So I go to Pinterest, which is, I mean, these look Pinterest perfect. And I see one board that has all of these on there, but that's not enough. So I want to see you, Omishan, with having like lots of followers, lots of engagement, lots of pins. My guess is that you just kind of did the bare minimum to have a Pinterest so that you could have something to link to. And then that's been it because you haven't really known where to find traction. But because your product is applicable to anyone anywhere, I think focusing on Instagram with a hashtag strategy where it's like hashtag New Orleans wedding planning, that it's limiting you so much. And personally, it's not where I would be spending my effort. So like, what has your Pinterest strategy been so far? And, you know, would you be open to expanding with with Pinterest? Absolutely. I don't have one at all. I've been putting it off actually for the last couple of months just because it's been, it's just something new I'm going to have to do and I haven't really had the time to really do it. So it's something I definitely have to squeeze into my schedule, but it's absolutely something I do want to do. I have so many modules and blog posts and all kinds of things that, you know, give different types of strategies for Pinterest. So that's definitely something on my to-do list. And so you're saying that you think that that might be a better strategy than maybe Instagram. Is that is that what I'm hearing? That would be my recommendation as well. Actually, one of my clients just switched over her social media strategy. She was like, I am not full-time in my business. I don't have time to spend like so many hours on Instagram planning and engaging on Instagram. It's fine for the Instagram stories and kind of real time if I want to do it. But honestly, it makes more sense for her to be on Pinterest. And actually, she had three, two or three posts recently that she that went viral. <laughs> and she wasn't spending a whole lot of time doing it. But the content she was already creating, just like you, Amishan, like creating great content, re- Purposing it, repinning it, and having it go viral has gotten a lot of hits to her website, getting her traction and moving her forward in a way that she hadn't experienced before. So that might be uh, one of the things that you might try. And I feel like, Christina, we should call Vanessa and be like, phone a friend for this one (laughs) to get a little bit help here. Yeah, I I think Vanessa Kynes is a great resource. I think Jenna Kutcher's Pinterest course is a great resource. Both of those women have kept theirs up to date than others in the industry that I've I've purchased myself or I've seen. But yeah, I mean, I don't mean to sound melodramatic, but I would dedicate like at least the next week or two only on Pinterest. If you want an organic growth strategy that's still sustainable, I mean, the results that Raina is talking about with her client, we've been seeing them in my own business. You may have noticed that I haven't been posting on Instagram in a long time. Like it's been like a month since I posted and we're getting more traffic to our site than ever. Why? Because we're focusing on Pinterest and on like pinning multiple images for one blog post or on getting onto new group boards, which if you're not sure what those things are, then I think Vanessa Kine's website and the resources she has there, or if you decide to join a course, like those are all going to walk you through what these things 
things are. But Pinterest is like grossly underutilized because it's just still, it's not a sexy platform, right? Like it's a lot more sexy to be like, I have 5,000 followers on Instagram and, you know, I got an engagement of 3% on this last post or, you know, just it feels good to have that kind of instant gratification. Whereas Pinterest is a slow, it's a slow burn. It's, it takes a long time to get up and running. And then about, I say give Pinterest about three months to start seeing some real results and they're not going to be huge. I mean, you might get lucky and have a viral pin from the start, but more likely than not, you're just going to see little tiny bits of traction. And then you go back to those blog posts that you're seeing, get that little tiny bit of traction that people are clicking through, that they're saving, that they're pinning. And that's where you start to create more content around that. And eventually you're going to have sales, whether it's through organic traffic, because with every pin that you put out, you're helping your Google SEO ranking. Or if people are, you know, it's just the, the sheer volume, you have so many pins on there that they're getting seen They're you're building that momentum, you're creating that snowball effect and Pinterest is noticing and therefore putting you higher and higher in the smart feed where people are opening up Pinterest and, you know, searching wedding ideas, and then you're coming up first. So that's the kind of stuff that you want to aim for with Pinterest. It's certainly not dead. And I think it's I think it's the low-hanging fruit in this situation. Yeah, I totally agree since you already have really good content. Christine, I was going to shift gears a little bit. And this is like right up your alley. I feel like Omation is very much a disruptor in the wedding space just because the options for wedding planners are typically you assist somebody else. You become a day of planner or, you know, a full planner and you have a couple different options. But Omission, what she's doing is it's like a consulting thing. You come in, you get support. Maybe there's accountability and check-ins throughout, but she's not really involved with a day of. And so this is for somebody who looks a little bit different, like the ideal client profile looks a little bit different than the typical, you know, what we think of as like the wedding planner. Like, can we talk a little bit about disruption and try to figure out how to message this disruption? Because I think it's really an interesting UVP here. Agreed. And one of the things that isn't immediately clear to me is your your unique value proposition or your UVP, Omishan. Because I want to see like, if I just go to your website, when I first went and I had to ask you this question earlier in the interview, I just thought you were a wedding planner that maybe had some products. So it needs to be more apparent to anybody visiting your website, that this is a unique product that you have, that you're not a wedding planner per se, you're actually coaching or consulting people through the wedding planning process. But more importantly, what Raina's talking about is like, why is that important to them? Like, why can't they just get this all for free on Pinterest or, you know, on a wedding blog? Like, what is it that's different about what you're offering from the client or the consumer's perspective. It's true. Everything that's available out there could get you through your process. But what a lot of ha- what happens a lot of time with a lot of brides is there's so much information, they get stressed out and they don't enjoy this process. So if you have someone there that can be your accountability partner to kind of help wean some of that, get you through some of the weeds of all of the stuff that's out there that you, when you Google how to plan your own wedding, you're going to get a million pages worth of stuff that you have to decipher through. So if you have someone that you can talk to or actual person that can answer questions for you, that can actually work through a tangible checklist with you that's specific to you and your needs and not just some general checklist that you've downloaded off of Google, that to me will help streamline the chaos of planning your wedding. And not only that, it will give you the opportunity 
to spend time with your spouse, to build a relationship, to focus on the marriage, to still do things that will propel you forward in your marriage, not just during the wedding planning process. What ends up happening with a lot of brides is they end up planning a wedding and it takes over their life. So they don't incorporate planning into their life. It's like their life has to be squeezed in in between planning their own wedding. So what I want to do is to kind of flip that on its side. And instead of you trying to squeeze the life that you have into wedding planning, instead, you have a a very detailed checklist. You have a very detailed timeline. You have a very detailed what to do, how to do it. If you have questions, give me a call, shoot me an email. You have a person that you can talk to to kind of help you weed through it. And then you still also have a life outside of planning your wedding. Yes, for sure. So here's what I hear. So it might be a couple different things and the messaging might might need to get finagled. But one thing is that you're kind of like a wedding pro BFF, right? You're somebody who gets the wedding industry and kind of understands the wedding process, that it's super stressful. And maybe the bride's best friend is not interested in any of this and doesn't like doesn't have either time to help or the capacity to help or her partner is not really all that interested in having these discussions and just needs somebody to talk to. So that's one kind of channel to have the conversations around. The other thing is like you want to plan your wedding, but you're so stressed and don't really know where to kind of focus your attention, don't really know what to what is actually really important. And so that's another like avenue for conversation. And another one I think that is super important to like the core of the way that you message is that one, you want to plan and finance your wedding that sets you up for a great marriage, right? That's something that you said at the very beginning, you're good at numbers. You want to help somebody plan and to set you up for that that marriage, not just the wedding, but the marriage as well. So, I mean, in terms of this, I think that getting to the nitty gritty of what is like the biggest headline, like flashing lights, important to this person that's different than somebody who is looking at a wedding planner who's going to plan this person's wedding. What is like the biggest thing? Is it money? Is it time? Is it stress? What's like the biggest thing for them? I would think, I would say there are two things. I would say stress and money. And what are they feeling about stress and money? Stress wise, even if you have a plan, you can still be stressed. Let's let's just be honest. So the stress part is that's going to be a learning curve. But if you are the type of person who is indecisive, if you, let's just say if you're stressful and you don't have money, it's going to be complete chaos for you. Your your engagement is going to be miserable. You are going to hate that entire time. And you, that time should be a time for preparation. It should be a time for, of enjoyment. It should be you mentally preparing yourself to be a wife or a husband. So to be stressed during that time is probably one of the worst things you could be doing because you're, you're not focusing on the next step, which is going to be your marriage. And then the money part is the services that I, that I want to provide are not going to be as expensive as a traditional wedding planner because I'm not as involved. I'm, it's not as time consuming for me. So I'm not doing all of the things that a planner would do. Therefore, it would not be as expensive. The bride or the groom, the couple, they still have a lot of work to do. They just don't have the time constraint of Googling on online, trying to figure out what to do, what not to do. They'll already have their all their information, what to do, what not to do, what to focus on, when to focus on it. And it allows them to have time to still have life. So I think that probably the stress part and then the money part will probably be the two flashing lights that I think couples that I will be wanting to speak to will probably have issues with. 
I don't disagree. I just, this is definitely something that they will understand and feel in hindsight, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Your challenge, Michonne, is not just negotiating your UVP and making that super clear at the risk of knocking some of the other things off your website, off your link tree that don't have to do with the core kind of like products, productized service that you're selling. But your second challenge will be to help them feel the kinds of things that you know they're going to feel eventually. Your, your challenge is to make them feel that now where they're not looking back and saying, oh man, I wish I had just bought her thing. And then I would have felt like this and I would have saved so much money. You need to help them feel that pain now, not because you're a sadistic or mean person, but because you're trying to help them out of that later situation or out of really a, a complacent situation where like, they're like, eh, well, I mean, I guess I could do it myself and I don't really see the point to buying your thing. So eh, I'll just look on Pinterest for a little bit longer. And then, you know, a little bit longer turns into weeks and then they're confused because they have too many options and blah, 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 blah. Right. But like, that's the picture that you have to help paint for them to get them out of that place of complacency or overwhelm and move them to a place where they're really excited about your product. And they feel like it is the solution for the pain that you've kind of created. I agree with that 100%. And that has been my biggest hurdle, I think, is like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. So if I could do exactly what you said, I just don't know how to do that or how to, unless you have been a bridesmaid or you have someone that's really close to you that, that you witnessed, went through a very stressful experience like that, or they overspent for their wedding and the whole money thing was a problem. If you're a bride, you don't, you don't even think like that initially going into it until you're six months into your planning process. You have two or three months left of planning and, and now you're a complete mess. So that's been a real struggle for me. And I want, I, I agree with you 100% that that would be ideal for me to be able to, to make you feel that pain now, like you said, but I just don't know how to do that. It might be just, this is kind of just troubleshooting slash brainstorming, but maybe it's around like the messaging of does wedding planning feel like a chore for you, right? Like, are you constantly fighting with your partner? Like you're supposed to be in this loving engagement, but you're constantly bickering or fighting over the different things that you have to do as part of the wedding process. I don't know if that's super resonant, but that's something that I know a lot of my friends experienced as, as they were planning their weddings and just so many decisions to make and not really knowing how to make them, not really knowing how to prioritize all the things. And so that might be just a place to start. Like, does this feel like a chore? Is this feeling stressful? I think part of it too is listening back to this interview where, you know, we've kind of cut open the problem and we're starting to look at it and we don't have time here. And this is like why a coach or a consultant is really helpful. But, you know, looking at it and saying, okay, a lot of the things that you said, Omishan, were like super critical. Looking at that and saying, okay, why is that a big deal? Like, why is the money a big deal? Why is it a big deal if they have been a bridesmaid before? And like, what are the stressful things have they felt? I mean, just off the top, I'm trying to remember, but that's where I think going back and listening and saying, listening to yourself, not listening to us and hearing your, the things that you're concerned about for your, your purchasers and keep asking, why is that a big deal? And each one of those whys, that's your content, that's your marketing materials, that's your messaging that you're using surrounding your product or your, you know, your productized service. So I want you to keep asking why and the obvious kind of dumb answers that you think you're coming up with 
are the ones that people out there that need your product are feeling and internalizing, but they're not necessarily bringing that out and, and like sharing that with somebody. But when you say that, you're giving them permission to have that feeling. You're giving them permission to feel that pain. And then they're like, oh, wow. Okay. It's not just me. I'm not a weirdo. This is actually a thing. I can worry about this. This is this is like okay to worry about. And I, I can give that away to somebody else now through buying this product from you. So yeah, I was just going to say, Christina, because I think this period of time in somebody's life is supposed to be like beautiful and fun and so much love and hearts. And sometimes it's not. I feel like one of my worst fights with my husband to this day was when we were making a decision about something in our wedding that was now really inconsequential. But I crack up about it because it was such a heightened period of time in my life that I feel like I couldn't even think that straight. I'm like, such an even keel kind of person normally. And it was very out of character for me. So I don't, I'm wondering if that's also representative of other people's experience and how you might be able to create that kind of agitation in in like just showing up for, for some of that and like creating more content around that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And when I come up with something to create content around, I try to think of those whys. And if, if you look at any of my blog posts, like I have several on the money issue and I have several on the things to focus on when you're starting your planning process. So the whys are always there for me. So maybe I'm not focusing on the right whys. I'm not really sure. But I think that because there's so much information out there regarding wedding planning, I, I want to come, come at it from a different perspective. And it's hard for me to come up with it perspective if I don't ask that why question. So I try to do that, just like you said, Christina, that has been kind of sort of my strategy when it comes to me coming up with either blog posts or Instagram captions or any type of content that I may put out there. I try to ask that question of why we do this or why is this a problem or why is this a bother or why? So I just try to do ask that why question. Another thought that I just had, this might might be totally not your style. And I feel like knowing your personality, this is not going to really sound good. So feel free to say, Raina, I don't want to do that. So there might be something in just saying you don't need to hire a wedding planner. Like that could be your hook and saying like, this is who you need to hire instead. And like you can qualify it later on down the line saying that if you are experiencing this, this and this, and you want to plan your wedding and you want to do this and that, and the way that you, you know, you advocate for people to do it, you don't need to hire a wedding planner. You need to hire somebody like me so that you can continue to plan your wedding the way that you want to. I mean, that is one way of disrupting, right? That's one way of saying like this, like you don't need them, you need my service kind of thing. Because people don't know that you exist. People don't know that the kind of service you're providing exists. Right. I have content similar to that. One is, I think, why you should hire a consultant when planning your own wedding or why you should plan your own wedding. So maybe I'll build some other things around that idea of maybe you don't need a, a wedding planner. Yeah. The reason why I say that is because somebody's searching for wedding planner and they're going to come across your article. I'm going to be like, hmm, oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know that that was an option. <laughs> like that's their search, uh, create content around what they're already searching and kind of tag on to that. And that's, I mean, that is the disruption that you're creating. So, all right. We've talked about a lot of things. We've brainstorm a little bit about messaging. We've talked a little bit about your social media strategy. What's kind of sticking with you and what are the next steps? Well, for sure, the Pinterest, focusing on Pinterest is definitely going to, that's sticking with me and going to be the next several steps, I think. If I focus more on Pinterest and and like Christina said, it's going to be a slow burn, but I think eventually it'll get there. 
And then also rewording, trying to find the right words in the messaging on my website to kind of further explain what it is I do and how best I can help you if you're in a situation where you are planning your own wedding. Those are the two things that I'm seeing. Am I missing something Something else I should be focusing on that you think? I, I really have a sense that we don't have enough data for you to figure out exactly what the words are. And maybe that's what we're missing. And like, how do we make it so that we can talk to people who really need what you have? And like, I know you have couples that you've worked with in the past and like they've already experienced this. So maybe it's not the right fit, but finding people who are in the thick of planning right now or are going to be soon who are experiencing the kind of pain that you're wanting to capture might be a a good way to go too. Any thoughts, Christina? I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Pinterest thing just because you're what you've created already lends itself so well to that. Um, so yeah, I, I would just be interested in like how you're going to prioritize what, and then I hope that, that you can really just focus on one thing at a time, because I think the marketing strategy, the Pinterest is different than like the copy and the, the more like psychological piece of it that you'll, you'll hone out and figure out over time. I think they can mesh well together, but you know, I, I would love to see you just keep that focus and that drive on one of the two at a time instead of trying to flip back and forth. And, you know, I would really love to know if you are able, like if you could follow up with us and if you are able to maybe just ignore Instagram, Facebook, like everything that's not working or that, you know, you haven't seen traction on yet while you're trying out Pinterest. And like, I highly doubt it's not going to work. But if for whatever reason, Pinterest doesn't work out, then you can always return to those channels. But I would love to just see and hear whether you can focus on the the one thing at a time and and how that changes things for you. Okay, definitely. And because I don't know much about social media in general, considering I was never on social media until I started this business. So it's all been a learning curve. I don't, I'm not an expert on any of them in any form or fashion. So when I do some research on Pinterest, I just have to make sure I am using a strategy that's actually going to be sufficient. Because like you said, what I'm doing now, which is I'm not putting much effort into it. It's just literally posts onto my boards whenever I post a blog or something. So I just have to make sure that whatever strategy I use, I'm very consistent with it. And I've been that way on Instagram, simply, I mean, out of convenience. But so I just have to do some research on on Pinterest and exactly what would be the best strategy to, to be consistent. And then also probably looking at some of my analytics, Google Analytics, to see what blogs have gotten some traction, at least views and maybe finding a way to repost those and repurpose those in some way. Yeah. And I don't think consistency is key when it comes to Pinterest. I mean, Oh, it's not. Okay. Well, that's, if you can do it consistently, that's great. But you know, I think as you'll learn, there's a lot of tools like Tailwind Board Booster that can keep that consistency or that look of consistency up. But I think what's more important is to just focus on the content and go where there's traction with Pinterest. So for example, I would rather pin one pin a week and have that pin go viral then pin 20 pins a week with all different images and you know just kind of have some lackluster results so i think you know we've been trained in this online economy to follow like follow the leader and the leaders always say be consistent you know show up consistently and you'll see results and that's not wrong i just i think where you're at 
dedicating your resources in the best way possible would probably be to make sure that you're doing something. And the good news is that if you're not doing anything with Pinterest right now, you're going to see tremendous results very quickly. It's kind of like losing weight, right? Like if you're um, I'm not saying you, Amisham, but you know, if somebody is really, really overweight and they decide to go on a diet and run or go for walks, they're going to see a much faster progression than people that um, that have been exercising at CrossFit twice a day for the last four years. So, you know, I think it, it you're you can't go wrong, and hopefully, there's some solace and some um, comfort in that because you just you, you can't go wrong. Like doing something is better than than nothing on Pinterest right now, and then you know if you can just kind of keep that focus, dedicate yourself to the pins that are <laughs> that are going to go viral. I mean, you're not going to see right away, but you will start to see that traction over time if you're patient. You know, a month in or two months in, you'll start to see, wow, like this pin has twelve pins or saves or whatever. And this pin has two, that's where you go after it. And that's where, you know, you just kind of chase that rabbit that week. And then you can go back to like a consistent pinning strategy. And then you chase the next rabbit rather than just kind of pinning for pinning sake, just because it's more consistent, if that makes any sense. I don't know, Reina, do you have anything to add to that? No, it does. (laughs) I think we just need to bring Vanessa on and we'll be, we'll call that a day. It's going to be a good, a good episode with her. But no, I think this is absolutely spot on for you, Amisha. And you have great content already. You're sharing you know, what's important to you and what you know is important for your potential clients. And so hopefully let's get you some people in the door and you're kind of primed and ready for those people to find you. And so hopefully Pinterest is one of the, the ways that you do and start getting traction in the door. Do you have any last minute thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I just want to thank you guys again for allowing me to come on and give me your advice and your expertise. I'm very, I'm a big fan. So just once again, just thanks again. I'm a really big fan. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the show and being part of our very active audience. We just love these mentoring sessions and to be able to give back to our community. And that's why we do these. And so, I mean, Omisha and I think we found, we, we brought you on the show because you, you know, commented on something or we, you were engaging on something. So this is how we do it, guys. We really try to reward the audience members who are listening and leaving us reviews and comments. So please go and do that. Not just because you want to be on the show, but because you actually listen and stuff like that. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Omisha, for popping on the show today and everyone out there, go build your creative empire. Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads, and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co, where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 